Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we are in our study through the book of Mark, specifically in chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. This is Mark's first account of Jesus' encounter with something you and I don't typically face on a daily basis, demons. Now, we know from Scripture that a demon is an angel created by God who rebelled against God by joining Satan's rebellion. We know that approximately one-third of the angels originally created chose this route and that their destiny is final judgment and the lake of fire. Now, we don't encounter them in visible ways every day and see their direct influence through possession as commonly as it was encountered in Jesus' day, but they are no less real. They just work in different, more subtle ways in our lives. The people at Jesus' time were already amazed at the authority that Jesus exhibited when he taught. But one of the testimonies to Jesus' claim to be the Son of God, speaking with divine authority, was his impact on demons when he encountered them. Pastor Jim will help us understand the passage and its implications all week. Here is today's portion of the sermon entitled, Amazed or Terrified? And you can imagine, as soon as word began to spread of the things that Jesus was doing, and especially the miracles, there was no problem with him getting an invitation to speak in the synagogue. He would have been, um, it would have been a command performance, if you will. The people were eager to hear him. So immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and began to teach. Now, Mark isn't going to, in this chapter, major on the content of what Jesus taught, because that's not his point. He kind of leaves that to Matthew and Luke and, and John. We know, the, we know the gist of it from what we saw last week, because we were told that after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So he's giving the gospel, the good news, the king is here, um, repent, believe, and, and he's telling people, you know, come, to the, come to the king, come to the kingdom of God. But Mark isn't as concerned about the content as he is who Jesus is. So he majors on the responses to him. And the first one is in verse 22. They were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Big contrast between the way Jesus taught and what they were used to. Now the scribes were the professional scholars, if you will, among uh, first century Judaism. Um, Some scribes were rabbis. You didn't have to be a scribe to be a rabbi. Uh, The rabbis were the ones who were taught in the synagogues. Rabbi essentially means teacher. And so the scribes were the experts in the documents of Judaism. Now that included the Old Testament scriptures, but Far more extensively, it included the writings of the rabbis. 
the, the, the rabbis would, would teach what they taught. It would be written down. It would be added to this ever-growing compendium of rabbinical you know, literature and rabbinical wisdom. The teachings of the scribes and the rabbis was not thus says the Lord. Remember when they came back from the captivity in Babylon? You have it both in Ezra and in Nehemiah that they, that they got the people together and they stood up and they read the Scriptures. And like Nehemiah 8.8 8 says, they read the Scriptures translating and giving the sense of it and the people were spellbound. That's because the teachings of the rabbis was not explaining what the Scriptures say. It was talking around it and, and talking about it. Teaching of the rabbis was more like what you would find in, in modern times in, in liberal churches. It was moralistic, esoteric theories about things. This is how to live a little better. This is how to make your life better. Here's an interesting thought to think about. Here's a, here's a parable you might find interesting. Here's, a, here's sort of a spiritual analogy to something, but not teaching what the Scriptures say. The rabbis were experts at allegorizing the Scriptures. That's where you ignore the literal, historical, intended meaning of the author in favor of finding symbolism or making up parables to teach moral lessons from it. So what the, what the rabbis taught, the scribes recorded, and then the rabbis studied each other and they quoted one another and always were adding their own theories and insights. Insights. The typical teaching in the synagogue was mystical and muddled, and it majored on minutiae. It was either some highfalutin thing that you would just entertain your brain with, or it was the minutiae of the legalistic works righteousness of the Pharisees. Anything but the Scriptures. Many alternative views and opinions were offered, A teacher would show how wise he was by how many different rabbis he could quote and compare and contrast their different theories and how many ideas he could mash together. Well, then comes Jesus, and he just goes into the synagogue and starts teaching, and it was profoundly different. He taught with authority. The word translated authority embodies rule, jurisdiction, full rights, Power, privilege, prerogative, totally unlike the scribes and the rabbis. He taught with conviction. He taught objective truth. There was clarity. And the people were, look what it says there, amazed at his teaching. The word amazed is an amazing way to describe being amazed. Um, this is a really strong, we, we've, we've devalued the word amazed in our, uh, in, in our world. Now it can apply to your lunch pasta. Um, this is something, is a very strong word. Actually, the, the strongest of any of the words for amazement. It has a root that literally means to smite. Or if you want to be a little more modern, to strike. The form of this word means to strike with panic. That sense of amazement. It was like, Wow! Where did that come from? I've got to do something about it. It was that kind of amazement. When Jesus taught, it was the authority of the Word of God. And people didn't come away and saying, wasn't that a nice homily? 
They didn't say, oh, there's something to think about. Let's have coffee and discuss that. They were astonished because they were being confronted with eternal truth. You know, the same thing was said at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 7, 28 and 29, when Jesus had finished these words, the crowds, and this was not far from Capernaum, way bigger crowds, they were amazed, shocked at His teaching. For He was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Jesus comes to Galilee. Jesus goes into the synagogue. Jesus teaches and people are amazed. The second reaction, what a contrast. Verses 23 through 26, demons terrified. Look at these four verses. Just then, pay attention to those two words, just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out saying, What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. That's a pretty straightforward comment. And Jesus rebuked him saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. Now, try to picture this. Just then, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. That means this happened immediately when Jesus taught. Probably finished his last words and this demon starts shouting. It happened right there in the synagogue. And this man has what is called an unclean spirit. It's one of the terms for a demon. A demon is a a fallen angel, one who followed Satan in his rebellion. The demon spoke through the vocal cords of the man in whom he lived. And that's always the way they do it. The demon cried out. Another strong word. It means he shrieked or or screamed. It it wasn't just raising his voice like saying... uh, Oh, oh, hey, Bob, before you go, oh, Bob, Bob! It, it wasn't just raising your voice like that. It was screaming this out. To, it was terror and fear that motivated this demon to just blurt this out. And notice this man was in their synagogue. That's significant too. You see, demon possession is always around. But you almost never see it because it's almost always hidden. Why? Because it is Satan's strategy. False teachers who bring corrupting lies are what 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4 says, they are disguising themselves as angels of light. Demons don't go around wearing demon costumes. They go around inhabiting nice, clean-cut, well-spoken, friendly people because they, they creep in among you unnoticed. So no demon would normally blow its cover in a synagogue or in a church. But this shows the effect that Jesus has on demons. It actually thwarts the purpose of Satan for demons to manifest themselves in a synagogue or a church or even in an idol temple because the strategy is disguise and deception. Now the demons know their eternal fate, but they don't know the timing. 
Neither do we. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.